and welcome to Fresh Press for March 16th, 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and compact grooves. Okay, I thought of a good one. I just thought of a good one. Okay, cool. Because I just didn't think of a good one. What if you just said new tunes and reels? That's not a good one. I take it back. I take it back. Um, it sounded better in my brain. I get like I uh, academically, it's very good, but I don't love it as an audio podcast word to say sentence. I guess the word's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Fine. 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 Um, our theme this week is the cassette tape, or maybe just cassettes. Well, I mean, the cassette tape. We're talking about cassette tapes. I think we're all talking about the same thing. Yeah, we're not talking about the cassette on your bicycle, for instance, you know? Right. If we were, I would have a different song, which I found this week and then learned about the parts of a bicycle. Uh, the cassettes are the gears, sort of. They're a specific set of the gears. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're talking about cassette tapes. Why, Andrew? Because, sadly, the world lost Lou Ottens this past week, who was known as the inventor of the cassette tape. Uh, he worked for Philips, I guess, for many, many years and came up with the whole idea of like a little set of tape, like like a little tape. I mean, it's so obvious to us, <laughs> but it's so small compared to what it was in like the 60s with like the old reel to reels. Right. That, the reason I said compact is because the original, like it was originally called like the compact cassette. I see. Uh, like a compact disc also, huh? Like a compact MP3 player. Andrew, what do you have for us? I have a song by Angel Olsen uh, entitled New Love Cassette. So this is from her album, All Mirrors, which is from 2019. There are actually a couple other versions of the song. I'm specifically choosing the sort of original album version. There's also a remix by Mark Ronson that I think is cool, but this one's better. And there is also sort of a different stripped down version from her 2020 album, Whole New Mess. That's also good, but I think that the the original is is the classic. I agree. I prefer this version. The stripped down stuff that Angel Olsen did last year is excellent, but I I like the more embellished production for this particular song. Yeah, I don't think that's always true for me. I, there was a lot of stuff on Whole New Mess that I preferred to the All Mirrors version, but I liked, I, I decided that I, I prefer this one for a variety of reasons, which I will get into. So one of the things that, that made me uh, choose this version over the other versions is I just love the um, how close everything is is on this uh, all the time. Every single song, every time we mention it, there's there's no episode of Fresh Press where we tell you listen to this on a just from your phone speaker. That's all you need for this song. We're always gonna tell you like get some good headphones, listen to this song. We're fucking nerds, but like I think one of my favorite things about this song is how close and intimate and yet so theatrical and huge it feels um, and you can really get that sense when the speakers are directly on top of your ears 
look, I'm not a shill for the headphone industry, but the like largest quality of life improvement, one of the larger quality of life improvements I've ever had was buying myself nice headphones when I could mm-hmm. afford them. So if like you're like, what should I get myself for my birthday sort of thing? Or what can somebody else, like get some nice headphones. Wow, really change your life if you love music. And then you can listen to Angel Olsen as per Andrew's recommendation. <laughs> you can. Um, I love how upfront her voice is. It's so close. Like you can hear every single bit of enunciation. Um, there is also a, um, you know, a lot of artists, most artists, I would say, who have some sort of regular recording situation going on with them have an approach to having their voice mixed if it's not them maybe it's just their producer their habitual producer has an approach Um, and so angel olsen has a very distinctive sound to her voice not just the sound that comes out of her mouth but also the way that it gets mixed on her albums Um, and i just love how upfront it is and how you can hear every bit of her enunciation and also every bit of manipulation that is being done in the production this is a cool topic that we haven't really explored on this podcast is uh vocal like production and i think this is an excellent example of how like the production on the vocals and the mixing of the vocals contributes or contributes to our sense of what angel olsen sounds like and to her entire style yeah, absolutely. And there's certain artists, like every artist has this a little bit, as you point out, but there's certain artists that's very obvious for, like the the prototypical example of the last two decades would be like Julian Casablancas, right? I mean, if you think about those Strokes albums, like how they're specifically, those vocals are mixed in like such an intentional way. And similarly, I think with Angel Olsen, you get that same effect. It's not just like her voice, it's the whole ambiance of like the microphone she's using and like I don't know the mixing effects that are put through it's so cool yeah yeah The other thing that I love about this song is the instrumentation, which I guess is the other half of the sonic part of the song. So that makes sense. But um, specifically, I want to talk about those strings that come in. Uh, yes, I was, I'm so glad. Uh, because they're used as like textural accents rather than really than, than melodic or harmonic tools for the song. They come in in, in these hits and sort of elongated hits. And the thing that I noticed when I was listening to this the most recent time, again, specifically with headphones, is the synth that comes at the beginning, lovely sound. It has so much texture to it. And then later, when the first like string hit and like sort of like responses, sort of emphases come in, it's almost like the like the tremolo of the strings references the tremolo in the timbre of the synth at the beginning oh that's cool yeah like they have a similar quality to them in in very different ways and like you can identify which one is a synth and which one is strings easily but there's like that um there's that energy that both of them bring 
that is expressed in a similar way through different media. That's really interesting. I didn't put that together, but I, I do hear that now that you pointed it out. Gabe, what do you have in your Walkman this week? Whoa, great reference there, Andrew. This is Evergreen Cassette from Gold Spot off their 2014 record, Aerogram. If time, time could be bent with the drop of a tear, you'd see it rained in our house for a year. This is the sound of the beating you'd hear. On the tape. So I was unfamiliar with the band Goldspot prior to the research for this podcast, but they are a band based out of Los Angeles, I guess. Unclear. Some places also reference New York. So, but like all bands are from either Los Angeles or New York, I guess. So, um, are they? And, but go ahead. You had a bad joke. You want to share? No, but isn't I mean. This is where they're based, but this song very explicitly <laughs> is not in America, so I, I don't yeah, know if yeah. it's... we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Jeez, jump in the gun. So uh, they're based out of probably Los Angeles um, and led by a pr- primarily Siddhartha Kosla. Okay. Um, and also in conjunction with Rami Antone. So you pointed out, Andrew, that this song is clearly not based in america yeah um the perspective of the narrator in this song is from india which is where siddhartha kosla is from and the band just like sort of generally references that uh, gold spot the name of the band um, if you take it from just like a, a one-word band name into two words gold spot that's the name of an indian soft drink oh and siddhartha kosla uh, I think spent his childhood in India before moving to the United States. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not entirely certain of the circumstances, but his parents moved to the United States before he did, um, immigrated here for work. Oh, okay. This was sometime in the 70s, and, you know, no internet, sort of hard to communicate with loved ones, like maybe the child that you left behind with relatives yeah. back in your homeland. And so instead of making like long distance phone calls, which were very expensive also, Siddhartha Kosla's mom would record a cassette of her singing songs and telling stories and just like talking to her son through this cassette tape and then would mail it to India. Huh. And then he would take the same cassette tape and listen to it and then record over it. And send something back. And apparently they did this for like a period of two years, sending this cassette tape back and forth, like literally halfway around the world. Wow. That cassette tape was green in color and is known as the evergreen cassette, which is a a great, you know, play on words also, right? Right. More than just the color evergreen, but also 
and always new. In the form of an evergreen cassette And I played it in the morning Till after the sun would set See, Mother, I believe That half of everything I hear is true Between you and me I believe... And so the song opens with the story, like a story that Siddhartha's mother would tell him. If I mistook the sun for a mango, I'd fly up there and reach for it too, is a reference to um, an old Hindu epic or mythology. That's that's uh, Hanuman, right? Did that? Wow. Wait, how did, you, how did you know that? I've read the Ramayana. You've read the Ramayana? A long time ago. Um, Andrew, can you explain to our audience what the Ramayana is then? No. Okay. Well, it is a Hindu epic. It's an epic. Yeah, it's an epic about Rama. I mean, Hanuman is in it. He's sort of a monkey guy. When he was a kid, he saw the sun and he thought it was... A mango. In my brain, it's not a mango. I don't know why my brain says persimmon, but that's not important. Whatever. He saw the sun and thought it was some sort of food stuff, some sort of fruit. And like just like went up and, and grabbed the sun. That's about all I remember. I, I assume some bad things happened as a result of that. I don't know exactly what the fallout was. Uh, yeah, he was killed, but then... Oh, that seems bad. But then his father was very upset. His father, who was also a deity, was very upset, and so he was brought back to life by Shiva, I believe. Hmm. Anyway, so we can imagine, right, his mother, his mother telling him this story. And then, you know, it proceeds to explain, like, this really beautiful idea of sending this cassette back and forth. And I think really appropriate for the theme where we can talk about how magical, like, you could send one of these in the mail, right? And it wouldn't get destroyed. Beyond the lyrics, I liked the song. Um, Like, the use of percussion reminds me a lot of, like, Beirut. That's in Lebanon, though. Yes, sorry, the band Beirut, oh, as opposed right, right, right. to the percussion of Lebanon. Right, I was going to say. Like, that's... You know, it, it has this like kind of light percussion that's going in the background for the beating parts of the song, and then it, it picks up and becomes like sort of anthemic in some ways, in a way that I think of a lot of Beirut songs as doing. What is your new tune for the week? My new tune is a song by Jacob Banks from his new EP entitled For My Friends. And the song is called Too Much. Gabe, I think this is a song where you'll you're just gonna be like, this is a good song, but I don't care about it. Where I'm like, fuck yeah, and this is like my top release from this week. Am I right about that? 
I did one of my notes. One of the bullet points in my notes is um, good. <laughs> yes, I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, I remember having this conversation last year with uh, Devin Gilfillian when I brought a song. I was like, "Oh, this is so good for all these reasons." You were like, "Yeah, I can appreciate it." No, I mean, which is you know how I am a lot of times with your sort of very dancey stuff. So it works out. <laughs> this is very much in the Andrew wheelhouse of like gospel influenced music. This is soul music. You always also say always say gospel. This is gospel. A very distinct gospel influence on the song. There's an distinct gospel influence soul on soul music. music. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Anyway, uh, Jacob Banks is a uh, a British singer-songwriter. He was born in Nigeria, and at the age of 13, he moved to Birmingham. That's Birmingham in in British, as opposed to the one in Alabama. Right. He uh, released an album a couple of years ago um, on Interscope, and then this is uh, a new EP that he wrote that is in part inspired by the past year and especially uh, protests in support of racial justice and against police violence um, from the past year, although this song obviously is not really related to that. It's such a nice, positive song. I know you're going to make fun of me being like, oh, this is good. No, no, no. I, I think that's totally that's totally accurate. What do you, I mean, I assume what you're saying is, is the outlook of the song, not just like it is a good song and therefore in the positive column and not a bad song and therefore in the negative column. No, I mean the outlook. It's it's maybe rare for us to bring a song that seems so unabashedly, I'd say optimistic. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. He does make, I think, an active effort to have that positive outlook in his music. I don't think it necessarily goes for every single piece of music that he writes, but it's certainly clear in this song. I feel like when I bring a song that is in the soul and R&B realm, I like to talk about the lyrics. And I I was thinking about that today as I was looking through the lyrics of the song and thinking about what I like about it. You know, there's there's a certain thing that comes with the territory that has lines that are like, there's a real focus on rhyme like a like more focus than you might have in another genre and that means that sometimes the rhymes can feel a little or can cannot be particularly surprising right sure you rhyme embrace and face um because you want to be like fully you want to have a hundred percent rhyme with a hundred percent vibe the whole time but i think that there is something wonderful and charming about that and it's it's because it goes with the territory of the genre it feels right to me. Steal a smile from my face anytime, any place can feel like a little bit sing-songy when I just say it with my own mouth. But when you hear Jacob Banks sing it with his beautiful, beautiful voice, it feels so right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it would seem trite if it were poetry, but as we've talked about on this podcast before, music is not poetry. Right. And it works so well in the context of the song. And yes, Having an incredible voice does help. <laughs> Cause I've been waiting my whole life to feel your embrace. She 
Now, I also want to say, I'm not trying to say that these lyrics are bad or like objectively not that great or objectively uninteresting and are only good because of their their position in this song. Because I think they are good. And I also think there is like there's no like one way to write good lyrics. It does matter context. But also, I want to say that there's a line that I really love as a line independently. In the second verse, he says, since there's blue inside the green, you know the novelty may leave. Whatever the waves will bring, the shore receives. You could never be too much. And I actually, I want to like dive into that for a second because there's a lot of parts to it that I had to like think about and actually dissect, which is not normally, doesn't, that's not normally part of like soul lyrics because that's not the point of them. He's saying, you know, green as, as like something new, something fresh, there's blue inside green, like literally color theory wise, green is blue plus yellow, right? We all know this. Gabe, you knew this, right? Please tell me you knew this. I listen. I went to engineering school, Andrew. I don't know anything about the arts. Right. If anything, you would think no. There's no blue and green, because it's it's RGB. Because yeah, green is yeah right. <laughs> There's there are three different colors. We do additive colors. What is it called? There's like additive and subtractive. I actually don't know. Whatever. It's not important. <laughs> anyway, the point is saying blue inside the green. Like literally, you use blue to make green the novelty may leave like this thing that is green and fresh may no longer be green anymore. It may become blue, blue being sadness, whatever the waves will bring the shore receives blue, like the ocean, whatever waves will bring the shore receives is like whatever, like come what may. And then it ends again with this reaffirmation of you could never be too much. So no matter how our love changes, how it goes from this fresh, exciting, like honeymoon to years and years ahead of now and and struggles and sorrows in the meantime, whatever happens, you could never be too much. I think that's a really excellent sequence of lines that sort of flows effortlessly out of lines that are not intended to be that deep in, in the rest of the song. I just I just found that so cool that it's so great to see a nugget of especially in a genre um, like soul or I guess neo soul because it is new where it's a very established genre and almost a codified genre in a lot of ways, especially in the approach to songwriting. Like I said, especially in the approach to lyric writing, um, it's so nice to see this sort of extended conceit and like layering on of of meaning just sort of pop up in the middle of this song and flow perfectly. I, I just think it's beautiful. Since there's blue inside the green You know the novelty may leave Whatever the waves will bring The shore seas You can never be Okay, Gabe, uh, Jacob Banks's For My Friends was my favorite release of the week. It was an EP. My favorite album of the week was uh, a one that I don't know if you're aware of. It's called Moonlit and Devious by Ali Crow Buckley. Do you know anything about it? 
huh, that's funny, Andrew, because <laughs> in a weird coincidence, the song I chose to bring for our joint podcast this week is from that very album. Whoa. Whoa. No way. This is Trouble in Paradise from Allie Crow Buckley off her full-length debut, Moonlit and Devious. Barefoot on cobblestones, I watched you walk in. Yeah, this was my favorite album of the week. Uh, really excellent from top to bottom. It was hard to pick a song off of it, although I think Trouble in Paradise, the song I've selected, is probably the best. And it fits, this whole album fits in like a style of music that I don't know if I was very aware of before last year, but now that I'm very into, which is like the romantic Western <laughs> yeah. like ambiance that it's coming out of LA, singer-songwriters. As has been referenced many a time in this podcast, Jess Williamson is an inspiration. And of course, you love Lana Del Rey. Am I going to get in trouble if I say I like Lana Del Rey? Well, you you will if you say you agree with all of her tone-deaf gaffes. Which I don't. But yes, I do think she is and has become a very good songwriter. And clearly, this is all kind of that same genre of music, she works in, with a variety of people, but um, notably on one song on this album to fit this ongoing theme. She wrote, co-wrote a song with Sharon Van Etten. It's Gold Medallion, mm. the song, which is also sort of a similar aesthetic, especially Sharon Van Etten's more recent stuff. So Allie Crow Buckley, um, this is her her full-length debut, and... Um, like I said, she's based out of LA. She had been doing like a lot of sort of like restless traveling, like living in various parts of the country and all over California, including like Mendocino County, which is like way north and sort of the middle of nowhere and beautiful hiking. And that sort of inspired a lot of her artistic output. And But this album like came together then over the course of the last year, obviously, when she was like, had to be very static, like we all have been, right? You can't do a lot of traveling right now. In some interviews she gave, she talked about how this was good for the album because then she was able to look back at all of like these this imagery of restlessness from a place of stasis and evaluate sort of with a kind of a clearer mind with, with retrospect. And it was interesting to, in general, learn about her songwriting process. Um, she says, speaking of music is not poetry, um, <laughs> she writes all of her songs initially as poems and then sets them to music. That's just some, that's how some people do it. Some people just write a poem and then they make it better by making it a song. Anyway, let's talk about the song itself because yeah. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, this is, I, I want to say that this, it, it came down to Too Much by Jacob Banks or Trouble in Paradise by Ali Crow Buckley for me. So I'm glad that you picked my second choice because it means I get to talk about both. Really having your cake and eating it too, huh? Yep. Damn. Having my crow and eating it too. Is that anything? No. Well, like eating crow is a thing. Yes, so. that is something actually. No, that's pretty good. I mean, it doesn't really apply to this situation, but it's another idiom. Yeah, you should, you should keep it in, in the back pocket for future references. Love you, but I wish 
so this song was specifically inspired alongside a couple other songs of the album by a trip to Tuscany. Mm-hmm. Specifically, she got like very fascinated with like the Etruscan civilization, mm-hmm. which is the the people that lived in Italy before the Romans, more or less. Um, and the like the conceit of the song is that it's based around a, a breakup, something happening in like the Italian countryside, which is beautifully romantic. It's like a really gorgeous breakup song. Yeah, I mean that's it's it really fits in that genre that you're talking about. It's it's romantic with a capital R. I mean the chorus. I can hear the echo of the church bells in the morning. It's just so like. It's so like over the top romantic, again with a capital R. It's well, obviously with a capital R, Andrew. It's in Italy. Oh, ha 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 ha! It's funny. Weren't we just talking about the Etruscans though? Yeah, but it's very Etruscantic. <laughs> I don't. I think is that a. I don't think that's a word. No, it's definitely but, not. Right. So the whole idea is like these big, beautiful songs that are over the top in some ways and summon like these Western ideals, these classic Western, Western as in Western United States ideals. Mm -hmm. And it fits well with some of the other musical devices that are in the song. So a couple things that I really loved. One, I'm super into the way that uh, Allie Crow Buckley uses her vowels. Mm. They are like extremely broad in this song. <laughs> but that combined with the ending of the song, which is like these clangs, like sort of emphasizes this church bell imagery that, as you noted, underpins the chorus. Yeah. Additionally, that's like even more emphasized by the use of percussion in the song, which is like all in the background and like drowned in reverb. Yeah, I mean, the, the reverb aspect of this is, A, a big part of this uh, California romantic genre that we're talking about, um, and B, specifically fits into this song well, because, I mean, like, okay, what is reverberation? It is a signifier of empty space, right? I mean, it doesn't yes. reverberate if it's if there's a space filled with stuff, and it also doesn't reverberate if there's nothing for it to bounce back on. So it is an enclosed but empty space. And that is so fully the vibe of this song. Other music that you wanted to highlight that came out this week? Valerie June, who I featured on this program, who knows what time is, uh, specifically on the time travel related episodes. So that does fit in that I don't know when it was. Uh, she put out her new album called The Moon and Stars, Prepos- uh, sorry, not prepositions, <laughs> The Moon and Stars Prescriptions for Dreamers. Couldn't read my own handwriting and also couldn't take context clues. Um, I thought it was great. And speaking of artists that we've featured before on the show, Nubian Twist put Mm -hmm. out their full-length album, Freedom Fables, 
Um, the first episode of this year featured their single, If I Know. There was an album by Harmony Woods called Graceful Rage. That is a Philly-based band, and I thought it was really good. Lush Life put out a record titled Redomancy. Redomancy? He's a rapper and producer and sort of blends those ideas in some weird L.A. voodoo, like, thing. I don't know how to describe it, but it's so good. Holy shit. Uh, there was an album by Baby Boys called Threesome, a band name and album name I don't like having to say on the radio. <laughs> but I liked the, the album itself. A record from Leanne Betasa Mosake simpson the album is titled theory of ice it's spoken word uh ambient it's good uh self-titled album from the band really from i thought was pretty solid as well um for a more pure ambient take andrew uh the record indoor plant life from Kioni, excellent there's an album called i've forgotten now who i used to be and it is um the if you're looking for it, the artist is going to be listed as Witch Camp Ghana, Ghana in parentheses. It is recordings of women in Ghana in, I think, a couple different sort of settlements. All of those women have been expelled from their homes on, like, suspicion of witchcraft and, like, fear of violence in, in response to those accusations. It's a really cool album. Um, all the titles are in English. All the all the uh, vocals are in uh, a couple different native languages. So you can understand, if you don't know the many languages of Ghana, you can understand what each individual song is about. They're all pretty short. It's all it's a it's a pretty cool experience to listen through it and to read about as well. Wow. On that note, that is our show for the week. You can give us a follow on Twitter. At Fresh Press Pod, we have a Spotify playlist with all of the songs from the show, uh, and that's located in the show notes below. We will be back on March 23rd with more tunes and more grooves. But for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Press. Fresh Press.